Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. And you can subscribe to our Patreon for bonus episodes and bonus content. We recently did a Barbie episode. We recently watched all of American Pie for you all. And if that's not worth a little money a month, I don't know what is. Um, anyway, we do fun things there. This uh, month on the Patreon, we're reading and watching Red, White, and Royal Blue. I haven't watched it yet, but I have thoughts on the book. So I think it's going to get spicy over there. Anyway, join our Patreon because we talk shit. Um, Carrie, what did we watch this week for our main feed? We watched two movies. Yeah, we keep being like, we're never doing a series again. And and this month alone, we did both Princess Diaries, more American Pies than I ever care to watch again, and two Sabrinas. Yeah. Keeping ourselves busy. That's for damn sure. Um, I did not. We watched 1954 Sabrina and 1995 Sabrina. Correct. It's not a series. It's a remake. It's almost like a word for word remake. Which means I watched the same movie twice in a day same um literally like finished one started the next and like the monologue at the beginning is the same and i was like deja vu the Um, only difference in the first 15 minutes is we cut out the this there's we're going to talk about i guess trigger warning for suicide because it happens in the first 15 minutes yeah the the 54 version i meant to say that we should at the top of this put a trigger warning there we will discuss um a scene of like a kind of attempted suicide it's kind of um it's plenty for i don't know we'll discuss it but anyway if that's tough for you you skip past that or come back next week for our next episode um and we totally get it um i will say that this did not feel like a slog despite the fact that like it was the same movie twice i didn't hate it it didn't feel like all the american pies where i was just like are we fucking done yet no because i will watch humphrey bogart harrison ford and greg kinnear like sit and like do nothing for four hours it was just like hottie after hottie after hottie you know also they're like movies um carrie oh i forgot to make the game but still don't worry about it who directed sabrina 1954 directed it billy wilder right no yes yes why why is billy who is billy wilder i'm gonna i'm gonna i I didn't i mean i've heard school wise i had heard the name but i actually only know the answer because you told me last night when we were talking um but he's like a prolific movie filmmaker guy who did uh kind of of a prolific there was another one that like then when i the apartment some like it, i mean we could sit here all day and list all these movies but some like it hot the apartment sabrina um there was one i'm missing a big one that when i googled him i was like oh sure sure sunset boulevard yeah, we are missing a big one what? sunset boulevard yeah. is the big one we're missing um he also like a lot of his um seven year itch we, like again like classic mm-hmm. movies billy wilder billy wilder to me is a guy who film bros love rightfully so and then those same film bros would be like i don't really like rom-coms and it's like explain yourself yeah, um, he like tricks men into liking rom-coms kind of you know Bi- billy wilder is the favorite director of friend of the pod and friend of my life george gannam in fact he has a erica his wife made him a billy wilder poster but she put their faces on the 
actors. It's very cute. It's hanging in their house. If any of you are ever lucky to see it. Anyway, um, we have the apartment on the list to do at some point, and I think I've avoided doing it because it's not. It's a really, really good movie. It's not really a comedy. It's also about. It's like fully about suicide. It's like Shirley MacLaine's character works as a secretary at a company where Jack Lemmon works, and I think the boss. She's either like having an affair with him and he dumps her or he's sexually harassing her. I don't remember which, but then she attempts suicide and then like goes to live with Jack Lemmon and he like cares for her and they fall in love. It's a really good movie, but it's not fun. I remember texting George when I watched it and I was like, I, I turned this on for like an old timey rom-com and now it's like heavy and about suicide. And he was like, oh yeah, sorry. (laughs) Anyway, Billy Wilder. Uh, yes. It was it was 1954 was written by Billy Wilder, Ernest Lehman, and I think Samuel A. Taylor is a playwright. And maybe this is based on a play. He wrote the play Sabrina Fair. Yes. Um, Which I just added to my Goodreads TBR. You're going to read a play? Yeah, I want to know. I've heard, I read some reviews that said the play is really, I think like having not read the play but based on the reviews i read i think that the 19 there were some things changed in the 1954 movie that then the 1995 movie kind of added back in in terms of the play interesting uh who directed this is a fun game who directed 95 denny pollock who is also a filmmaker who tricks men into like and will's dad from will and grace yes um what has Sidney Pollock done? I always think, I don't know why I'm saying that. I always think uh, that Sidney Pollock is Gwyneth Paltrow's father, um, but that's just because Will's mother on Will and Grace is played by Black Danner. <laughs> I'm like, so they're married. Oh, like you get Sidney Pollock and Bruce Paltrow confused? Um, yeah, but I couldn't pick Bruce Paltrow out of a lineup. I only do that because Sidney Pollock was ex husbands with. Blythe Danner on Will and Grace. Um, yeah. the most prolific, the most important thing, the most famous thing Sidney Pollock has directed is a Tootsie, which is probably something we're gonna have to watch someday. Um, yeah. Part of the problem with Sidney Pollock's known for is like some of them are actors. All right. Um, Carrie, which do you think has a higher Rotten Tomato score? track a rotten tomato score for a 1954 movie that's the thing like are you pulling like archives of newspaper reviews like what's happy yeah i don't know, you know? the science of it <laughs> the science of it so um, like i'm not sure i trust the rotten tomato score i but i mean ba- if you if you follow us on tiktok you know based on my tiktok yesterday went on a rant. I, don't, I don't trust the rotten tomato score of anything but i certainly don't trust it of like a 1954 movie because i feel like how are you like what's the algorithm there but I suspect that that was more highly reviewed than the 1995 movie. Correct. I kind it's of remember, nine- like, I have this feeling that the 1995 movie was, like, a lukewarm reception. Uh, 94 has, nine or 90, excuse me, 54 has a 94%, which for an old movie I think is impressive because it means, like, I think they also, like, aggregate reviews over time. Like, the older a movie is, the more time people have had to review it. Um, 95 has a 63 um controversial statement hot take you like 90 you like 95 now 
Yes. I prefer 1995. Now I will say that some of that is an aging thing. Like a, like there are pieces of 1954 that did not age well, not in like a terribly problematic way, but like, it just feels dated. 1995 feels a little less dated, even though it's 20 years, 20, 30 years. Jesus Christ. How old is that movie now? It is almost 30. It's like 28 years old. That's math. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think what are these movies about? Have we done that yet? Okay. So I just watched. Um, If you don't know, Sabrina, both Sabrinas, again, they're very similar. There are differences that we'll discuss, but they're identical plots almost. Um, So Sabrina the titular character the titular um, sabrina titular sabrina played by audrey hepburn in 1954 julia ormond in 1995 and i never really thought it about it before but like very similar energy oh they had her like direct they I gave the julia casting. ormond like um, hepburn-esque yes but i also feel like she has hepburn-esque energy like yes not she's although i will say and maybe this is part of what i liked although you know i much like every woman of a certain age had a Audrey Hepburn poster at some point in my life had an Audrey Hepburn book I loved Audrey Hepburn I will say Ormond is a little more grounded like a as an actress and b as a character hold on pause time out let's rewind the plot what are these movies about (laughs) so Sabrina is the the daughter of the chauffeur for this very wealthy Long Island family. Um, and, you know, like I repeatedly had to remind myself throughout this movie, like billion, all billionaires are unethical. Um, do not do not fall for Harrison Ford. Because um, they're not billionaires in the first movie because that would have been insane. True. Also, almost, during the second movie, Ben was like, they're definitely billionaires in the, in the second. But their, their deal is a billion dollar deal. And Ben was like. It's really, it's really dark to say this, but a billion dollar deal doesn't hold up. It would be so many more billions now. True. I was like, oh, everything is terrible. Yeah. Um, Also, I like how we like conveniently cut our rookies in oil in 1995. Anyway. um, So Sabrina is the daughter of the chauffeur. Um, The Larrabee family, who is the wealthy family, has two sons, Linus and David. Um, David is the younger playboy, near do well, um, sort of like aloof r- brother. He's the hottie. Um, he's the he's the slutty hottie. Yes, Linus, right? Slutty hottie, Linus. So, like in 1954, he's been married several times because you have to like be you married. Get married in 1995. That's just, not like, still true today. Takes lovers. Linus is running the business. Um. He is entirely focused on business. He has no interest in a life outside of his business. He's kind of cold. He's calculating. Um, He will do whatever it takes to succeed and make more money. Um, Sabrina has always been in love with David. She has watched him from afar. David in 1954 is played by William Holden. And in 1995 is played by Greg Kinnear. And Linus is Humphrey Bogart and Harrison Ford. Yes. Um, she's loved David from afar. He doesn't really notice her. I mean, like he knows she's there, but like, she's the chauffeur's daughter. She's younger, 
he's just not really like made note of her right um she goes he only pays attention to women for whom he wants to have sex with correct she goes away to paris um she grows up she finds herself she cuts her hair short she comes back sophisticated um more beautiful we're supposed to believe that julia orman and audrey hepburn were not beautiful at one point they both Um, had frizzy hair so right and they wore it back in a ponytail so like obviously not uggos not julia orman hers was like frizzy in her face and she had bangs true um anyway they come back updated they ugly themselves they're sophisticated they're beautiful right anyway um david takes note of notice of her falls instantly in love with her wants to throw away his engagement he's engaged to a woman whose family the larabees are merging with like the businesses are merging so this would be a, a really big problem if he throws away the engagement so linus and they get they're doing the marriage because of the merger and in Correct. 1995, we were like, that doesn't happen anymore. So they've met. And now Linus is taking advantage of it. Correct. Yes. Um, I like a marriage for business purposes. Let's go back to those days. Linus essentially, like, distracts Sabrina while David's healing from this en- injury in an attempt to, like, get her to go away. Um, tricks her to fall in love with him so that he can like send her away essentially. Um, and then of course ends up, ends up falling in love with her himself realizes uh, his life has been devoid of all of life's great pleasures, the vagina, a lady's pleasure. pleasures. Yes. Thank you. Um, you were saying before, like we should say the plot of this movie um, that 54 felt dated and that's true. 95 felt dated in a different way because it's almost three years old and so i i almost wonder if this should be an a star is born situation and we should be making it every 20 years and then so you yeah i wouldn't mind a screen update yeah we have Um, casting for we'll talk about and then we're going to talk about our our 2023 version casting because we both separately decided on the same sabrina i mean there's no one else yeah um so here's the thing i think that the 1954 version is like very classically a 1954 movie in that a lot of it is like left unsaid it also feels very much like a play like the dialogue feels like a play in a lot of ways which I don't mind but I feel like there was more character development in 1995 um I think that Sabrina was a better developed character um in 1995 that is not to say that she was a perfect depiction of a woman whatever that means but like 1954 sabrina and again by virtue of being an audrey hepburn character and this is again not a criticism of audrey hepburn because i love audrey hepburn but hepburn has a and many of her characters have a 1954 version of the manic pixie dream girl girl right like very like romantic and girly girlish young girly optimistic like yes like can can convince a man to like you know change his ways um kind of not really the cool 
girl, but like just kind of like a woman without flaws, right? She doesn't have any flaws other than the fact that she's poor. Um, she's perfect. She's dazzling. Well, she tries um, to kill herself at the beginning. There is that. She's sure. clinically depressed over a man. 1995, Sabrina, I feel like we get a little little more depth like i know the bars on the floor but like we get a little more of her growth we actually like spend some time with her in paris where we see her growth we see her spending time with other people and like going out and like meeting a man um i did say in the 2023 version she'd be like fucking her way through paris i'm gonna make her sl- she's gonna like yes. slut it up in paris and she has like one boyfriend who she maybe so has sex in with the one play, time in in the play, that character, the man that she meets in Paris, is like a m- much more important character. Like because in the comes- 1954 version, it's just an old man who helps. She's in so in 1954, she goes to cooking school, and in 1995, she goes to photography school. And I do think that's like she goes to cooking school not to become like a chef, but, but to become a wife or a domestic. Because there's yes. a thing about how her mother was the greatest cook on long island and her father's a driver so i imagine she was a cook like for a wealthy family and then and so in the 95 94 95 version they give her a passion that is not rooted in like now you can be a service person or a wife um right and so like ben and i were talking about like what would she be in the 2023 version we were like fashion student and i was like something like like environmentalists or activists that would offset the billionaires and then the the billionaires would have to become a more ethical company anyway i have a whole plot and if i cannot pitch right now but call me in a hopefully a few weeks knock on wood anyway um what was i saying uh her development her character her the man. Oh, the, the man. The in the man. in the 1954 version it's just like an old man who helps her with her souffles. I really liked him. I wanted him to come back and not like have to be a romantic interest for her, but she like befriends this 74 year old guy who's like, your souffles are bad because you're in love with a man and, and he's not in love with you because if he was in love with you, your souffles, your souffles would be burnt, but there uh, you forgot to turn the oven on, which means it's not reciprocal. And I was like, what a great hard and fast rule. No notes. Great. Love that. Um, yes, whereas in the 1995 version, she is like seeing this man, and I guess in the play, he like comes to the United States, proposes to her, so like she has like three suitors. Good, get it, girl. Um, the other thing about the 1954 version, which again is like why we love we, meaning like society, um, love old movies, is like people don't talk like that, right? Like, they have great old movies. They talk in these very, like, swoony, romantic ways that, like, are not things people say to each other ever in yeah, real life. Bogey has, like, a great monologue at the beginning when he's telling David why he, like, won't take a wife. And he's like, I have a wife. It's this company. And he gives us this, like, he lays out all his feelings and all his problems, like, right at the beginning. And I'm like, God, it's beautiful. <laughs> like, it's, you could, you don't, they don't yes. really write like that in, anymore because they're like, people don't talk like that, which isn't wrong. But it's also like, but bogey did it but like did they really like here's my thing is like in the in the 40s and the 50s like did people actually talk like that no but in movies it was fine yes i also 
for whatever reason, and maybe it's because Ford aged better than Bogart. And also I think that Bogart was already pretty ill at the at the point that this movie was made. Bogart died only a few years after this movie was made. Yes. And he like got really sick and like it progressed quickly. And so he may have already been like showing some of that at this point. I had a harder time getting past the age difference between Audrey Hepburn and Humphrey Bogart than I did getting past the age difference between Julia Ormond and Harrison Ford. So the age difference is also slightly, slightly less. And uh, Humphrey Bogart is like 30 years older than Audrey Hepburn. He was in his mid-50s and she was in her mid-20s when they made this movie. Harrison Ford is like 20, 25 years older than Julia Ormond. And the 2023 version, I think we'd cut it down to 15. We want them... To still have an age difference because I think that has significance to the plot, but to have been children at the same time and not have her been born when he was a fully grown adult, you know? Yes. Like 15 years, I think is what we're looking at. Yeah. And I feel like we never quite, like in the 1995 version, it felt a little bit more like manageable and maybe it was because they actually are closer in age and we just... Harrison Ford ages like a fucking fine wine. Oh, at um, one point he's called her a good girl. And I was like, that's condescending as fuck. But if Harrison Ford looked at me and said, good girl. I literally wrote Harrison would... Ford saying good girl, new kink unlocked. Yeah. I was like, I would lay down, spread my legs and say, do whatever you want to me. If Harrison Ford said good girl to me. Truly. Um, oh, I, yeah, I needed a minute after that happened. Anyway, sorry, I just got distracted again by Harrison Ford saying good girl. Um, we have to take a minute for Carrie to go have to take a cold shower. We'll be right back. I'll be right back. Um, I was like, I was, I was distracted by it in the 1954 version. And I kept being like, this man was 30 when she was born. Like, like they were not children at the same time. I don't even need them to have been children children at the same time but like if he was like a teenager slash young adult when she was a child that that's would what be i'm okay. saying but like that this like, man you know a 15 year age difference i think is like also the sweet spot for this movie which is I what love, it will be in my zendaya version i love that we cast two men who actually did like marry women half their age and sure. I'm not criticizing either of those relationships. Although when you dig into the Bogart Buck Hall relationship, like I know that it's one of Hollywood's great love affairs and we all like hold it up on a pedestal, but like she was there were some things, you know? Yeah, Calista Blackheart was she like was deep 19, in her he 30s when, when uh, she, yeah. like there is nothing untoward that we know of about the Harrison no. Ford Calista. Like they were both fully They were adult. both as, right. 19 and, and Forty or whatever, and, fifty, and married is look old Hollywood romanticism, right? I mean, their best friends were um were Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, so you know, like shit, shit was happening, right? Like everyone was cheating on it. Way there is um something, if I may digress, but to a point, there is something a little. Mm, about the way we romanticize old Hollywood. Um, ben was sent, I want to say he did not seek this out himself, an interview with Quentin Tarantino and Joe Rogan, where basically Joe Rogan like asked, and he was like, I didn't watch it all. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched like the clip he was sent. But like Joe Rogan had asked Quentin Tarantino about like Harvey Weinstein and Quentin Tarantino's answer was like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, 
bad, but it was basically like, I wish I had said something. I wish I had said something to him. Like you're going to mess everything up. Like I wish I had said more. He was saying he wished he had basically like, talked to Harvey Weinstein about it, but what he wished he had talked to him about was not like, Hey, you're doing a really awful thing. You're harming a bunch of people. It was like, you're gonna mess up our careers basically. Like it was still like very self-focused. And then he said like, we didn't know. He said, Quentin Tarantino said, like, basically everyone knew, we didn't know about the rapes, but we knew that he was, like, chasing after, um, like, assistants and younger women in the industry. But that was just, like, the way it was. And that's, like, that's sort of, like, the old Hollywood, how it had always been. And it's sort of, like, and Ben brought this to me to be, like, there's something about that interview that, like, j- like other than it being Joe Rogan, it was just, like, his answers were just, like, shitty and skeeved me out. And I was, like, yeah, because he was basically being, like, romanticizing old Hollywood where women were treated like objects and and young women and therefore the pleasure of these powerful men and Quentin Tarantino saying that it should have been called out but not to protect these women for his own good like and that is a result of the romanticization of old Hollywood Mm -hmm. and while we can't you know we can't you can look, we can now look back on 1954 from a 2023 lens and it's not really, it's not totally fair to judge it based on, you know, three waves of feminism later. No, two waves of feminism later. But also like, it was never good the way we treated women and romanticizing it is what's gotten us where we are, where men continue to get away with it. Like even after the like 2018 reckoning and even like we're making progress but it's still like we have to stop talking about old hollywood and particularly the way like women and minorities were treated as if it was like just the way things were done yeah yeah and that's why i mean like you know we hold bogart and bacall out as this like great love story but you also sort of like need to peel the layers back and be like she was a child you know like as opposed to, to your point, like, Calista Flockhart and Harrison Ford, she was a whole-ass adult. Like, yes, there was- Yeah, they were, like, 30 and like, 60. I, I have no Yeah. Idea. Like, she was a grown-up. She had her own child. Like, this was a woman with agency who was making decisions for herself. Like, I, the, in no way do I feel like anything, like, like, nobody, like, manipulated skeevy. or- yeah. There was no power imbalance in their relationship. Power imbalance in the same way that, like, I very much wonder about that with Bogart and Bacall. You know, I'm like, sure there I, was a power imbalance, which and, isn't to say she didn't love him and it isn't to say it wasn't consensual, but 100% there was a power imbalance between a 50 year old man and a 19, a 50 year old Humphrey yes. Bogart and a 19 year old, at the time, young actress. You know, like, she didn't pop onto a screen as yes. Lauren Bacall. She was a young actress and he was Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it's like Callista Flockhart had a whole ass career. She was successful. She was in a she was a full adult, like. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. He adopted her child. Um I told Ben, I said, if anything ever comes out yeah. about Harrison Ford, I want that eternal sunshine from my brain. I don't that's not for me to know. It's not my business. I don't want it. And he said it never will. And I was like, okay, I accept that. I mean, I think he 
he maybe wasn't always faithful to his wife but that is something wives. i truly think is like um, that's not my business you know like yeah like again as long as like who you're having the affair with is like an adult yeah and a consenting adult um that's between you and your wife and like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not excusing that, that behavior but like i don't i'm not gonna cancel somebody for that behavior you know right. what i mean um anyway also you know Sabrina. uh I, i'm not excusing cheating but like if you had the opportunity to sleep with carrie fisher like i don't know what do you take it yes. um i'm I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Um, anyway. Speaking um, of cheating, in both movies, David has a fiance who, while he's courting Sabrina, is never told and the relationship is never, like, fully just everyone's like, oh yeah, David's seeing what'll happen with this other lady while he's, while we're planning a wedding to Elizabeth. Yeah, and I do, David again, sucks. Like, David, David full-on sucks um elizabeth in the 1954 version isn't a care like she has no she speaks once and she has a high-pitched voice like the woman personality at all yes she's very much like a plot device she's a plot device in 1995 too but like we cast lauren holly and we gave her a job we made her a doctor like there's a little bit more there we get we made her a doctor but we're inconsistent about like where in her medical career she is because at one point we say that she's a resident but then in the next scene she's the head or like the assistant head of pediatrics and i was like those two things are different um yeah didn't catch it didn't care right i mean fine what do Um, i know about again not in business what do i know about doctoring sounds right to me and like when you're casting Lorna Holly, you're gonna get like charm and an edge and a personality and like a whole ass person. So like there's a little bit more to her. I do feel like because we got a little bit more development of the Elizabeth, because as you pointed out earlier, in the 1954 version, like it's just an arranged marriage to like make this merger happen. Whereas in 1995, like they were dating. And then Linus was like, let's take advantage of this. Yeah. Um, Because Linus kind of sucks too. Linus, yeah, we'll get there. Um, Because we got a little bit more development of like what David likes about Elizabeth, why Elizabeth is likable. I, and then at the end, we get like a cut to black scene where we know he's going to apologize, but we don't see that. I would have liked to have seen that. I would have liked to have seen like David's great declaration of love and like why he's decided that he's sticking with Elizabeth um and why she chooses to forgive him um because there were the thing that i kind of love about this movie and i've loved i've loved the second sabrina for a very like since i saw it in the 90s um the thing i love about it is like yes the main love story is lovely and beautiful but like so are the surrounding relationships like her dad and one of the other like employees have this thing that's very sweet and lovely and they're kind of a sweet beautiful declaration of love there um i did too i like loved that moment she's Um, in a very she's in an episode of law and order i've seen a thousand times she plays an old lady someone puts in a box (laughs) i know it well anyway my point being i would have liked to have seen david's apology and declaration of love because she clearly forgives him then she get, like gets in on the scheme to get linus and sabrina together but i don't know why give me more yeah but we're at two hours already you know move it Fair along point. 
Fair point. Sabrina 95 uh, is like 10 minutes longer than Sabrina 54. Even with we, the suicide cutout. Um, Carrie, uh, why? Everyone has a British accent, even though she was raised on Long Island. Both Julia Ormond and Audrey Hepburn. It's just using they came voices. over as kids. I mean, it's not super like, ex- it's not a flawless explanation, but I think the story is that like her, she and her parents came there when she was a child from England. Okay, her accent would still be there. Okay, she had a Long Island accent. It's like the Nolan brothers, you know? But The Nolan brothers, one of them was actually there for a long time, and one of them was raised in Chicago and has the appropriate accent. Um, At one point in the 1954 version, Audrey Hepburn is like, he's like, let's go to the theater. And she's like, I'm not dressed appropriately. I have not dressed as nice as her. I can't go to the theater outfit in like seven years. Truly. It was like the Audrey Hepburn slim pants and like a beautiful black shirt with a big V in the back. She looks yeah. stunning. Um, yeah, I had the same thought. I was like, this is an outfit people would wear like out to a nice dinner these days. She also, her dress at like the first party when she's finally invited to the party is this like beautiful, like classic Audrey Hepburn gown. And it was stunning. And I was like, yes, I wanted an eight colors. And then Julia Ormond's in the same scene had like a horrible 90s, like sparkly shrug. And I was like, oh, that they really Audrey Hepburn's was classic. We could have just remade that one. We didn't have to give her a a sparkly. Shrug. Really, if you'd taken off like the mother of the bride shrug, the dress underneath was fine. A little nineties, but like classic enough. Shrugs right? are gonna come back. Like shrugs are coming. The for like us, you know? sparkly shrug. No, 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 no. She looked like mother of the bride. Carrie, the flight attendant on the private plane in ninety five. Listen, I didn't get there until I googled it, and then I made. Ben get there on his own and by on his own I was like I gave him clues fucking Jerry Jerry's everywhere she looked great I mean she still looks great but like she looked great also the way that this woman has been serving unethical billionaires her entire career I mean I mean get yours Jer I'm rooting for these billionaires more than the succession ones because the narrative of the shows are telling me to do that sure naturally um, I will say of the 1995 version, it was like character actor everywhere. Like, oh, that guy. Oh, that one. Uh, Paul Giamatti there. has one line. <laughs> Paul Giamatti's just yeah. sitting there. Also, Nancy Marchand as the matriarch of this billionaire family was excellent casting. Perfection. A queen of She matriarch. was so good. She yes, she that was is. another change we made as we made like the woman be in charge of the company because 1995 feminists. Yes, she is iconically like the matriarch. It was nice to see her as like not terribly abusive. She's the and... Sopranos matriarch for those furiously yes. googling. They could be driving, and we don't want them googling who she right. is. Yes, driving. she is Tony Soprano's mother on the Sopranos. Um, you know iconically one of the worst mothers in film or television of all time um she was so fun here like she was so funny and her clothes were great wild clothes absurd wild 1995's clothes it was she was like one patterns that don't make sense things sewn together that don't belong together bolo ties i mean i'm living yeah yes um it was like a 1995 um mora rose you know what i mean um beautiful uh it also is just always fun to see like people who have iconically played like really awful human beings to play 
like fun funny characters yeah um anyway she was like one of my favorite parts of the movie oh at one point in both movies they say that david uh has said love affairs the cost the family 1.5 million dollars and maybe my brain is broken but i was like who do they pay off and for what what did david do Mm -hmm. but then ben was like maybe it was just like later they set audrey hepburn up with a with a apartment in paris like maybe it was just like a scandal they paid her to be quiet for and not something untoward he did i want to believe that of david i do think if these people real at least one of them would be like a real bad person Mm -hmm. um probably david i okay so there was two things in the 1954 version first of all the the father because we have a father in 1994 that we don't have in 1995 54 Um, not 95 correct uh he travels with his own martini olives iconic we should all do the same um just real like role model behavior um also role model behavior (laughs) there's an interaction between um bogart and the father at one point where the father's criticism of somebody i don't even like remember the context but the criticism was that they i think it was a woman that david had dated like she wore a stevenson button which iconic like what does that even mean adelaide stevenson was (laughs) um like an illinois he was an illinois not like he was an illinois senator sort of like famous democrat um head of the like kind of leader of the democratic party i think he ran for president once this is back twice. while hollywood were republicans yes and so the his criticism was essentially that like david was bringing home democratic women um god but, forbid right oh another i miss like a chachi greg kinnear you know oh i, I love it so much i, I feel like kinnear. at some point he made this transition into like god movies and I understand it was, you got bills to pay, but um, I miss a, like, you've got male Sabrina, kind of a tool, Craig Kinnear. I think we probably said this when we watched You've Got Mail, but, like, he was excellent in this movie. Said that he was excellent in Sabrina when we watched You've Got Mail? Probably not. No, I think we said that, like, we missed this, this Greg Kinnear energy. Yes, I do love... I think it was as good as it gets. Although I guess You've Got Mail came after as good as it gets. But I do think it was like in as good as it gets. It was like, oh, now he's like an actor. We like love and revere. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I love Craig Kinnear. And I, where is he? What's he been doing? God movies. God movies? Yes. What does that mean? I think he's making like Jesus propaganda, no? He's done a couple. I'm not engaging in that. That's again not my business. That's not my business. <laughs> um, is he religious? It's not my business. <laughs> um, Don't. That's again. I. That's not a part of. That's not something I need in my brain. Thank you so much. I do feel like the 1990s. So again, I had to because Harrison Ford is so fucking dreamy all the time. Mm-hmm. I had to like remind myself like there are no ethical billionaires. I do feel like there was some criticism of billionaires and capitalism baked into this movie. It was subtle, yeah, very subtle. I think you might be looking for it, <laughs> but it was there. No, there were two two that I wrote down. Um, one is that her father like there's a conversation between sabrina and her father where 
he like where she says like essentially like he chose to be a chauffeur because he wanted to work to live not live to work like he wanted to be able to like read books and like do the things he enjoyed now we also find out that he's been like investing in the stock market and is actually a millionaire well so what he's been doing is listening to the deals they've been making when he drives them and then making those similar deals with smaller amounts of money which begs the question has he been inside is that what is that what insider trading is um no not the way that he describes it okay great um Wait, but we're but... towing a line anyway he's made two million dollars and yes. then he says something cute to her where he's like i have money you can marry to the woman he ends up with and she's like i don't need to marry for money and he's like okay then marry me for love and i'm like give me that love sweet. story i want to watch so these two. sweet i loved it um but there was this sort of like this dichotomy between like the larabies who work to make money and because their goal in life is to make more money yeah and fairchild sabrina's father whose goal in life is to like enjoy life and he works so that he can like raise his daughter and support his life but ultimately like at the end of the day he just wants to read a good book his really apartment loved that. above the garage is like filled with books it's really beautiful yeah i really want to live um, in his apartment above the garage and as somebody who's sort of in my like work to live era um not sort of i very much am in my work to live era i appreciated that there was also there were a couple of times where i felt like the movie was sort of like look at these asshole billionaires there's um when they're talking about the wedding invitations the mother of the bride is like we're gonna use recycled paper um because that's like her like do-gooder moment and then nancy marchand is like why does it always look so dirty um so i mean i I don't think that this movie is some like great anti-capitalism manifesto i just think that there are moments where we're sort of like these people are awful and idiots which is why in my 2023 version zendaya playing sabrina would be some sort of progressive activist that convinces whoever is playing linus and we have options to be more ethical in his company yes um your listeners if you want that in book form hold on i have a book recommendation the rebel the kingmaker is the first book and rebel king is the second book that is a two-part so if you if you like your love stories wrapped up in a single book it's not for you but she is um she is indigenous and an activist and then um becomes a democratic uh, um, political strategist um, and he is a billionaire anyway yeah. Carrie why didn't you like my Pedro Pascal pitch to play Linus I why are you anti-Pedro Pascal I am not anti-Pedro Pascal imagine him I calling you good girl love stop <laughs> stop Who's our grumpy hottie? You know what I mean? Like who? It was Bogey in the fifties. It was Harrison Ford always. Who's our like grumpy, sexy man? Okay, but Pedro Pascal to me is like a little more, and maybe it's just because of The Last of Us is like the most recent thing I've seen him in. But I feel like he's gruffer. Like he's a rougher grumpy than like a 
like polished grumpy put a suit on them and let's find out is all i'm saying like i feel like and not i know these two men like get wrapped together a lot but i feel like oscar isaac is like the billionaire polished grumpy not that oscar isaac plays grumpy as much but like i can oscar isaac can be grumpy pedro pascal for me like I don't necessarily need him in a tux. You know what I mean? I would take him um, in anything. Sure. Um, I can get behind Oscar Isaac. Linus is hard. Like, I don't know that the thing is, here's part of the problem with the Linus character. And for whatever reason, we both like landed on the same Sabrina, despite that this is true of the Sabrina character as well. Um, no, Zendaya is a modern day Audrey. <laughs> Zendaya, Zendaya, who cares? Yeah, I mean, I think she's very clearly Sabrina. I think there's Um, also something interesting to be done with, like, a a Black Sabrina, and now we have, like, racial politics in it, and that could be really interesting, and she could call them out on some of that. And then I think either Danny Glover or Harold Perrineau plays Fairchild. Those two men are not the same age. You know that, right? No, I know, but they could both be her father. Like, Danny Glover would be like, maybe Danny Glover's her grandfather. Or, like he had her later in life sure because for a second i was like what if harold perineau is i mean i always love harold perineau so now i'm just trying to get him in the movie so he can be zendaya's father Uh, anyway why is why is linus tricky because we don't have like movie stars anymore you know what i mean like bogart and harrison ford very much like similar fonts right they are movie stars like a plus 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 list movie stars in a way that we don't really have anymore um and so i think it's hard to sort of like pinpoint like who is that person i don't know listeners i originally said robert downey jr but i agree with you that narrowing the age gap makes sense and it's something creepy about robert downey jr going after zendaya for me i can't i I don't like that. No, That's I agree. too many years. Too many years. I agree. Um, so I appreciate the narrowing of the age gap, but like I don't know who that would be. Is all I'm. The listeners tell know. us. I don't know. Yeah, tell us who you would cast in a 2023 Sabrina. Who did we cast as Linus? Uh, um, I like a a Krasinski, a Chris Evans. You said Nicholas Holt, which Linus? I think is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dave Franco. We landed on Dave Franco and we agreed that You need correct. a schmarm there that I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm, see, that's yeah, what Ben said like... about Krasinski and I was like, I think Krasinski's got the schmarm. Um, no, I think Dave Franco you know. is right. Yeah, because you need like a, a goofy energy. I do think that I much preferred the David character, not in terms of like who he is as a person but like in terms of the performance i much prefer greg kinnear to william holden i know that that might be sacrilegious but i do think that there was like again a little more development a little more playfulness a little more like understanding of his motivations sure we get a little deeper all the fake punches i had started a new page of notes to write all the fake punches they uh there are a couple times when linus punches no when david punches linus and in both movies it's like yeah, like you can't wrangle past the face. Yeah. I love it. Not even an attempt to make it look real. 
I thought when I saw in the first one, I was like, in the second movie, they're going to have proved the stage combat and they did not improve the stage combat. Mm-mm. Oh, we haven't talked about Linus being an asshole. <laughs> Linus is kind um, of an asshole. And he, I would never trust him after he attempted to trick me to fall in love with him to send me away to Paris. And then, yes. No. I mean, the whole thing is he's like distracting her and it's going to like trick her to send her away and like essentially buy her off. Um, he does. He like buys her. He like gives like her five hundred thousand dollars in an apartment in Paris, and I was like, I'd take it. That's enough for me. Thank yeah. you. Also, you're billionaires. Give me a give me a solid mill, please. Yeah. Um. Which she says she was like, you offered me a million in the beginning. Um. He also lies to her about like having built this halfway house, and then is like, well, I guess I should probably do that. He was being um, a prisoner form hero. He was like, yeah, you know, if we just let uh, people out of prison without any resources, they go back to prison, and it was like. Yeah, Harrison Ford. That's true. That's an accurate that's true. prison reform. Meanwhile, maybe. meanwhile, his company is probably like investing in private prisons. Um, <laughs> you don't know that. Uh, so yeah, like in real life, I would never trust this man again. I would never forgive him for the things that he did. But Harrison Ford, like walking toward me slowly in a trench coat on a French street, telling me like that he needs me and he loves me. I'm like, again, all it would take was him to call me good girl. Truly. Um we forgive I get it. problematic hotties. I for I get why she's like, okay, fine. She does like get make him work for it a little bit harder in the in the 95 yes. version. Audrey Hepburn's just like, oh, he's, he took a tugboat to a big boat. And I do, I miss a boat. God bless, yes. God bless a ship. Um, yeah, he does not have to do, he doesn't have to grovel in 1954. And I truly love nothing more than a man groveling. Um, so I did miss that in the 1994. Again, I think 54. that 54 wasn't 94 and then 95. 1950. They remade it one year later. I mean, I like do think whole- it was, it feels very classically 1954 in that like, we just forego a lot of the development because it's Hepburn and Bogart and we're like, you'll get there. You'll get it. Yeah, and it's um, a tight, it's under two hours. I love it. Yeah. David's like instantly in love with her upon seeing her again after she's In both movies, he says, he's like, I love her that um, night. It's like, buddy, you just think she's hot. Yeah. Do you love her uh, or are you she, just a slut? She is um, gone for him in a way in 1954 that I'm just like, this makes no sense, but whatever um every other word out of her mouth is david and it's like okay he's he's she tries fine, to again she tries to commit suicide like, because she doesn't want to go to paris he, don't, he doesn't love her it's like don't kill yourself over that man right yeah like he's just can't when she names a dog fine. david it's like honey he's not that like great. at one point when she's spending time with linus she's like does david have an office like this and it's like jesus christ lady like focus on anything else neither of them recognize um, her when she returns from paris obviously because she's taken off her glasses cut her hair and gotten hot um but then i did note in the in the harrison ford version he recognizes her right away and it's like because he sees her more it was a nice little touch i thought he mm-hmm. sees her yeah oh no david sucks at one point i wrote down david a dog david is a dog yes but he got himself a hot redhead doctor in the end. So, you know, more power to him. Or just a hot skinny blonde lady in the... Oh, that was the other thing. I So I am glad that we changed the 
suicide scene. Um, we just, we just, it was real. We just said this isn't important. It wasn't. It's real jarring in the watching it in a twenty. 20- 23 watching it in 2023 it is a very jarring scene it's very tonally like disconnected from the rest of the movie in some ways toward the end in particular of the scene it's like played for laughs which feels really but we like comes to find her and like Um, he can't he like can't he like doesn't know what's happened he's just like well this is that he's just like a silly girl locked herself in a garage what an idiot and it's like booger you're the idiot here what are you trying to do yeah um yeah it was not my favorite i'm glad and i we understand need why it. we took it out in 1995 mm. we didn't need it no no and, and, and we achieved the same like establishment of the linus sabrina relationship by having this scene where she thinks she's like professing her love for david and actually linus is listening um He's kind of an asshole to her in that scene. So we established that, like, he's not an amazing guy. Yeah. He's not yet. We just, She'll we change don't, him it's, with not, her, it's unnecessary. The, the suicide. dream girl ways. Also, because um, if you did that now, it'd be like, hey, this woman needs a lot of therapy if, and not just to, like, go to Paris and learn to bake. You know? Correct. Get her some help. Right. Um. Yeah. Anything else about this movie? No, it was a fun day of of Sabrina's. What if I it was. confess that I accidentally watched The Teenage Witch? Because that's when That'd you be voice being like, Sabrina, it yes. gives you The Teenage Witch first. I thought we were doing something. It does, yes. Um, So I did post a TikTok. If you're listening to this, I now desperately want to read all the romance and rom-com novels where she thinks she's in love with one brother and ends up falling for the other. Sure. Um, so if you have recommendations, please send them my way. I want them all. Um, um, and go follow us on TikTok. Um, yeah, and go follow us on TikTok. Next week, speaking of Krasinski in a terrible movie. We are watching License to Wed. I don't think it's Robin Williams. I don't think it's Robin Williams' last role, but if it is, that's a bummer. It's a bummer that he's in it at all. I have seen it. I used to watch it like a million times because I was in love with John Krasinski when I was young. Naturally. It's a John Um, Krasinski, Mandy Moore, Robin Williams romp where he plays a priest that has to give them a license to wed. I don't remember the premise. It might not be. It sure. might not make sense. Um, Do you think it has a higher or lower score than pra- the Rotten Tomato score than Practical Magic? Let's. Should we Google it now or should we wait? We should wait. Okay. So yeah, join us in two weeks for License to Wed. Like we said, our Patreon this month is both the book and the film, the movie um, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Bye. Bye. <laughs>